0: So that got to a question that I used to ask about other things. And and this was a question I used to ask all the time, 20 years ago. And the question was, do you prefer to own or rent? And I don't think that question gets asked enough in demand generation. I don't think that question gets asked enough in, in modern sales. Do you want to own your audience or rent your audience? And, and, and the reality is, 100% of either is probably not the right answer. You're right. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Black Line Podcast. Mike, what's going on? You got your, you got
1: your red on. You
0: got your red on.
1: I do. I'm actually going to the game tonight. Are you? Well, depending on, on weather. but Yeah, we have to back team. in third, baby.
0: We had, we had the whole team in, we were at the, uh, we were at the game Tuesday night. It rained like, I, I mean, it was, I thought I was in like the Amazon or something. It
1: was yeah. just. And they didn't even play.
0: They did not play. But the good news is we, uh, so we just sat in the diamond club and drank beer, wine, oh,
1: nice.
0: grabbed a whole bunch of Cracker Jacks and peanuts and that's half the fun. Cracker Jacks and peanuts to, to last us for a couple of weeks and, um. And now I got uh, eight Diamond Club tickets that I got to find something to do with.
1: Well, you let me know when you want to go, when you want to go. There you go. There you go. Already, so Mike, you guys have been busy at,
0: at the Seven Cents.
1: Yeah, it's been a bit, a, bit, a bit busy for the past few uh, few months on the development front. We finally launched a number of uh, new uh, new bells and whistles
0: so um we we had the team in and and we had a really interesting conversation around content the role of content what is content um how do you know if content's good bad or indifferent what what are our goals and objectives and you know i think that there's like so much that's talked about that it's like the loudest, most popular voice. It, it, you know what? I, I realize this. I, I think digital marketing is like uh, high school. The loudest, most popular voice um, gets to win the day. And, and you know, facts and data kind of fall second to, to popularity. What do you think about that? Yeah.
1: The squeaky wheel gets the grease, but eventually the squeaky wheel gets replaced.
0: Yeah. You know, is it the squeak? Like, I know what you're saying. And, and squeaky wheel probably just means different things. It's, it's funny because like, it's not the squeaky wheel of the difficult one. It's the, it's the, how can we boil this down to one thing? What percentage of your traffic comes from, from organic? If you're doing good content, right? We see this all the time, right? You and I, we live in the, in the HubSpot echo chamber. Um, when are we going to have the Imagine or the seven Sense echo chamber? That's what I, I want to be. I want to be big enough, popular enough that I can have an echo chamber, right? That's all I want. That's yeah. all I want in life. Um, but, you know, it's like we're in, you know, we're, we're in the whole inbound HubSpot um, echo chamber. And it's, it's like um, what, um, what percentage of your traffic comes from, from organic, right? And, and if you're not getting at least X percent of traffic from organic, then then your content's not good. Your content's not working. Right. And that's like, hey, cool, simple. Yeah. Right. I can get it. So it's popular. It's,
1: it's, it's an easy thing. It's an easy thing to, to, to track and measure again. Yep. Um, what's your bounce rate? Right. <laughs> time on page. Time on
0: page. That's what we talked about. I was going to go. I was going there, time on page. Like that's all of a sudden become the thing time on page. Right. And, and I was, we, we talked about this. Um, and and this will be great. So I got, I got uh, Hannah, our new producer um, is um, we, 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 I charged her to do some research on, on, on time on page and, and Hannah, we're going to add to your research right now. Cause anybody listening can, can go ahead and, and, and jump in if you disagree with what I'm about to say, because Hannah's job is to prove me wrong. I, I came, I, I, I established a hypothesis after we were um, after the team talked about it. I said, time on page is a meaningless uh, data point for, for all, but this small exception of people, like a media, media, e-commerce. And I'm going to put the, you know, the Facebooks and the Googles and in, in the media company. So if you're the Washington yep. Post, New York times the cause, um, cause, cause you know, one of the things that hit me is like, I'm curious if you do this, cause I don't know that you like grab content as much as I grab content. I grab a lot of content. Um, and, and the, like hubspot you know I, i'm i get their blog every day i look at, and the way i look at it is i i get the email i click on it i scan it for like three seconds to say does something look good here and then i click pocket or evernote and it goes into my pocket or evernote app mm-hmm. and then you know i build those up, and then i'm off right so i'm like three seconds on the page um and I'm a bounce, right? Because I go on and I go off. I'm, I'm, I'm yep. three seconds, I'm an entrance, I'm an exit, I'm a bounce. I'm everything bad about the metrics that we're being told to watch. <laughs>
1: well, you're so everything right, bad right? In, in most cases, but yeah. Well, you know. No, I actually do the exact same thing. If something catches my attention, I will take action on it. So whether that be, hey, fill out this form, read this piece of content immediately get that email, well, I may not come back to that email until nine, ten o'clock at night, which is when I actually have time to digest it.
0: Right, right. And and I don't, and I don't digest, especially now with my iPad Pro, haven't written on a piece of paper in three months.
1: Um, Pretty impressive.
0: I don't, I'm not sold like, yet. But. I don't. So, so when, when something gets me and I want to pay attention to it and, and like you... I don't do it on a device that tracks it. I put it, actually what I do now is I take it, I, I put it into my notes app, I highlight it, I make notes on it, I share it with other people. None of that data shows up because I just grab it really quickly and, and I throw it into here. And those are, the audio, those are the places that I am most engaged with. And, and unless, unless I'm mistaken, unless I'm mistaken, you know, if I'm looking at it in my Evernote or my Pocket app, that that's not showing up on anybody's website metrics. Yep. Right. Um, and and so I'm looking at it. And I'm saying, what? Why are we making this big deal? Then I realized, you know what? If you're selling advertising, right? If you're selling advertising, then time on page really matters. Um, or if you're or if you're selling something online, like if you're Amazon, the more time you're on Amazon's page, the, the, more, the, longer, things, the more things you
1: more right. Yep.
0: But, but if you're a B2B company that's supporting a direct, like,
1: uh,
0: you know, I, again, you, you, you get into the signal-to-noise thing. So we started
1: talking about that,
0: and, and it led us to, to
1: – I, I mean, it, I just got to stop you there. I mean, I totally and, – and I think if people really take a step back and think about the way they digest content, I mean, that's how we all do it. Um, well, the, the other thing – that so are busy.
0: The the other thing too, about like the popularity, like everyone's, you know, you have, if you don't have a mobile first strategy, then you're behind the times.
1: I want a desktop first strategy to be honest.
0: Right. I I say if you own a restaurant or a trampoline amusement center, you better have a mobile first strategy. Yep. But, and and I I get like, if you look at the, the, there are far more consumer searches especially consumer transactional searches that, that are done on a daily basis than there are B2B. So when we look at what percentage of traffic is is this and that, that's um, what one more fun thing about um, my, my favorite thing. I've always known about this with, with the time per page metric. Um, that time you, you go onto a site and then the phone rings or someone talks to you or someone slacks you and then you're off to something else and you have to look at something and then like the next day, you realize you never actually closed that tab. The
1: browser, yeah. and so
0: you're like 24 hours time on page or something, right. you know? yeah. and I, and I realize it doesn't go the 24 hours. But yeah. now, I, I'm not saying the time on page isn't isn't a metric that that you can think about. I'm not saying that long. I'm just saying that there's so many scenarios that come in that, it's, that it that becomes really hard to um to to, to get any signal from the noise, right? It, it, they become simple metrics, but, but he, I would say here again, you're, we turn byproducts, the result of something working, we turn that into the cause, right? I wasn't successful because you were on my page for three minutes. You were on... Um, I was successful. So you, right. I, you know what I mean? It's, it's we're, we're flipping, we're flipping the out, the, the effect and the effect. Um, how's that for all the, the (laughs) so that got to a question that I used to ask about other things. And, And this was a question I used to ask all the time, 20 years ago. And the question was, do you prefer to own or rent? And I don't think that question gets asked enough in demand generation. I don't think that yep. question gets asked enough in, in modern sales. Do you want to own your audience or rent your audience? And, and, and the reality is 100% of either is probably not the right answer.
1: You're, right. You're Absolutely. 100%. Totally right? agree with you.
0: But if you look at the dominant stats that are coming in, everybody's running and chasing to rent their audience. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's, you know, intent based there's, but, you know, the hot thing now, buyer intent data. Um, and look, you know what? If you're selling a, a pure commodity, um, dis, you know, highly defined product or service, lots of competition, you know, if you're selling benefits, you, you want buyer intent data. If you're selling payroll services, yeah, I, I get that. Because you kind of have to wait for, for somebody to want something, yeah. right? But you're always renting. Right, if I'm waiting for you to want something, then I'm always renting that attention, right? And renting attention is really expensive. And, you know, we see, that we see the data about customer acquisition costs. We see the conversation about the increase in cost of, of inbound marketing and the people who have written, you know, inbound marketing is not sustainable. And the reason is, is that we're increasingly, I, I think un, unwittingly, Renting our audience.
1: Yep. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. It's part yeah. of my daily conversations.
0: And, and so like, I think the only way to, the, the only way to, to move to a, to a high growth plane, to a fast growth plane without raising millions of dollars so that you can afford to lose a lot of money in getting, to critical mass, mm-hmm. um, is you've got to build an asset of attention, um, which means you got to own it. Right. And, and even if you're, you know, I, I think a company like HubSpot where, where I give them a tremendous amount of credit is I think they're doing an amazing job renting attention. They're like rent to own you know what I mean? Right. And, and so they, they've got this, they, they, they've got this program that, that, that organically, and I'm not saying just search organically generates the ownership of attention and they do good things to keep that attention. Yep. Right. And it goes to my story that I, I was paying attention to HubSpot for two years with zero intent to buy including when the salesperson finally had their first conversation with me, I had zero intent to buy. I I think I had zero intent to buy when we were, it was probably only on the last call that I had actually gone, gotten to the point where I was like, you know, I think I might do this. Right. And, and the reason that they were successful. You had that
1: moment. Right. Right. Yep.
0: And the re the reason that they were successful was they were always looking to be relevant to me, even if I didn't end up buying. Right. And so they did a great job with that. And now they've added more and more of the, you know, they're more active on, on paid. They're more, you know, they're, they're, they're doing all of those other things that, that are, are more rental, but, but when they, when they pay rent, it's immediately working to, okay, now how do we own it? How do, how how do we keep it? And so I think what is undervalued, and I know you're going to like this next question, I think what is totally undervalued is where and what are your ownership tactics. And so I, it prompted a question. And so I want to ask you that question. What would the impact on a typical B2B, even a B2C company be if they spent half the time they spent thinking about and working on organic traffic, organic search. Yep. What if they spent half of the total cost of whatever they're doing around search and they applied that to email? Now, before you answer it, I, I don't mean just doing emails. I mean, if you thought about all the content that you wrote and the same way you think of search as a distribution mechanism so that people become aware of your content if you looked at email as a distribution mechanism. So when I'm saying this, I don't mean just doing email, but if you looked at email and you apply and you you put half of the resources that you put towards search, what would the impact
1: be on the business? Massive. I think it would be massive. I think it would be- the The company is doing it right have tremendous success i'll give you a case in point so eric my co-founder and i were recently having a conversation with uh with tom monahan and for those of those for those of you that are listening that don't know who tom monahan is he's the he's a very unique individual at hubspot he is the postmaster at hubspot so what does that mean he's in charge of all of email so he didn't he
0: didn't start Domino's. He didn't know Domino's.
1: So Tom you know, said something very.
0: There's another Tom Just so everyone knows, there's another Tom Monahan. That,
1: that so we we were we were talking to Tom. We were we were we were trying to get some feedback from him on some things that we've been working on and some observations that he's been having with you know some of their some of their larger customers things like that. So gracious enough to not only listen to us but give us some, some incredible insights and. When we were talking to him about kind of what we what we've been working on and and, and where we're looking to take uh, the product, Seven cents that is, um, he said, "Guys, let me tell you a story. I was I, I I had an amazing opportunity to meet the guy who is in charge of all of the email for Patagonia, and he said, Patagonia." their emails, their email program, and the emails that they put out don't happen by mistake. It's not like, hey, let's just put together a bunch of stuff and just send it out. They invest a tremendous, and and I don't know the percentages, but a tremendous amount of energy and money into their email program, Um, probably more so than things like search, et cetera they're already you know that they, they just like you said they're they're trying not to rent their audience they're trying to capture you know or or, or more or less own the attention of their audience um, so it, it was more or less super interesting to think about it and yeah I must I get emails from Patagonia and it's like yeah these emails are hugely relevant to you know what I've historically purchased from them um, and I again it was a it was a lesson to be learned of what organizations can do when they when they actually own a channel and uh, own a distribution channel and really spend a lot of energy and time on it
0: and and that's the so, so I think the first thing that I know I didn't think of it this way and and I wonder if anybody would disagree. I'm sure someone will um, i'd love to I'd love to have the the debate I think search is a rental channel?
1: 100%.
0: Right. And so I'm renting, I'm renting when I search, right? Cause I, mm-hmm. and, and the thing that's interesting is, well, 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 certainly everything that's happening around somebody is gonna impact whatever you do. Search is even more so because whatever I'm doing is being directly impacted by what other people are doing in that place. And and you really don't have an ability to know. You don't know what all the variables were, right? Because if for no
1: other reason, you don't actually know what the algorithm is. Right. right. You don't, you don't. Yes, exactly. They can change the algorithm tomorrow. You don't own the, you don't own the ability to reach them. And second of all, you don't own you don't own your yeah. You, in essence, you don't own the ability to reach them. Well, you know
0: the, the the other thing I think is funny too, and I'm not against this, but but it is where it, it is where tactics jump sharks, and, and where the pursuit of efficiency and scale gets in the way of fidelity and and, and effectiveness. And, you know, and that is you know, in addition to how they, I don't know the algorithm, they can change the algorithm. Um, but when I identify a term. And I say, okay, hey guys, this is what, this is the keyword. This is the long tail. This is the topic cluster, whatever variation of SEO strategy you want to take. So I decide we're going to, we are going to go after B2B sales forecasting. Let's just say I'm like, that's going to be, my, and I, and so I'm going to look, and I'm going to use any number of tools to identify what, what actual cluster or topic and, and, and these pieces that I'm gonna to put together to get me to that B2B sales forecasting. And, and what I know is that's gonna be aligned to my B2B sales forecasting, but it's also gonna align in its own way to other things as well. There's probably, you know, there's an infinite number of combinations where, where this comes in. And so someone else is trying to do their thing, right? And here's what I know. They're using the same tools I'm using. They're using the same algorithms I'm using. They're using the same recommendations I'm getting, right? Because it's almost foolish for us not to use those. Like if someone said, no, I don't use the tools. I figure, like we'd be like, you're foolish. And and I think that's a fair statement. I, I think the upside when we didn't all use these tools is that someone had this flash of insight. Maybe it was purposeful. Probably it was luck but they had a flash of insight that they saw something that other people didn't see. And so you might be able like, it was a lot easier to carve out that, that original exclusive place, because there was nothing breaking it down. And we're now all following, you know, we're all following the same pattern. So you look at today, I I still remember many, many years ago when the the hotel industry, this was in the early nineties, the hotel industry had a tremendous downturn. Um, and, and part of the problem was, is they had overbuilt capacity. And I was at a travel conference and uh, Daryl Hart Leonard, who was the CEO of Hyatt got up and he said, look, I know what you guys are saying. You guys are saying, what the hell were we thinking when we built, you know, when five different hotel companies built a hotel in Podok? You're like, you guys are stupid. How could you think it needed five hotels? Here's what you don't understand. We did the the feasibility studies probably a decade before the hotels got built. And when we did those feasibility studies, they said, there's not demand for one more hotel. There's not demand for two more hotels. There's demand for three more hotels. We were in no brainer land that you had to build a hotel because even if someone else is building a hotel, there's more than demand. There's still- he, said, yep. he said the problem was five people did the feasibility study. Five different companies did the feasibility study, not three, Right. And so like all of a sudden we, you know, we popped up and we saw, oh wait, there's another hotel. There's another hotel. There's, oh wait, there's not demand for that. It was too late. Right. In my neighborhood and I live in a bedroom community, right? I live in suburban Park, Maryland. You can look it up. There are four urgent care places in, in, in small like, I don't, even, I don't even think you can call them strip malls. I don't know what you call these small little, you know, office-y like, parts. store strip malls, yeah. But, right, right. Yeah. and it's like within, within a quarter-mile cluster, there's, there's four urgent care facilities. Like, did we need four urgent care facilities? You know, I'm sure something, you know, that's the hot thing, et cetera. So, like, the same thing's happening on search. And I think email – I think email gets a bomb rap. I think that we are, I think, I mean, we're abusing, we're a, we're abusing our channel. Yep. Um, like if I have your email, it's the only thing that actually gives me any type of predictable, proactive ability to, to, to initiate a one-to-one conversation and
1: track its impact. So let's say, yeah, I, I like that. And let's take a step back though.
0: And this is not a seven cents commercial, everybody.
1: No, 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 no. Right. Let, let, let's, let's take a step back though. Cause this is the other piece that I don't think people consider. How'd you get my email? Assuming you didn't buy it. you built all of this content so that whether or not you are doing social advertising, you did something, you, you, you rented the ability for me to come to your website. And then I saw something that I liked and I gave you my email address. So there was a tremendous cost to you acquiring my email address that you're not even thinking about. And then you get my email address, which you spent all of this money on. And then you abuse. Then you then you abuse it. So so you have you, you, I mean,
0: obviously you. you have, so you have the inbound methodology of getting an email address. Um, we're we're not above sourcing email addresses. We don't buy yeah, them. I, I, right, I,
1: I, but I'm I'm talking about. Okay, so keep going. There, there's a cost to that as well. Right. No, they're, they're right. I mean, yes, you're right. There, there, there is unequivocally
0: a cost to getting the email address. Um, and you and I have talked about this before. I've, I've always said that, you know, the problem is everyone looks at email as a no cost channel when it's really a high cost yep. channel. Um, and, and by that, and I think it's important that we make this, this um, delineation. It is a, a high cost attention strategy. What, what is fascinating about it though, is I remember what was great about inbound marketing when inbound marketing wasn't quite yet popular. And, and Brian Halligan talked about this from the stage at inbound back when it was at the, um, I forget, you know, the small convention center, they weren't even at BCEC yet. And, and he said, you can outthink and outsmart your competition. You don't have to outspend them. You could create, you could get, you could get creative and, and create something valuable and, and you could beat your, your much, much bigger competition without having to outspend them, right? And, and it was somewhat true at that time. What, what is fascinating to me is, well, today that's not anywhere near as true and Brian admits it and, and we see what's happening with search and, and, and search has in many ways become a monopoly. Um, it, it is unequivocally, not as fair as it used to be outside of the big names and, and everyone's jumped into content. And, and, and now the big names can outspend me on content. And so it's a lot. And for all the things that we've talked about, it's harder to get, to get that out there, but email, man, email, anyone can compete there. Right. But, but now think about it. So we got, we got the statement that says, what percentage of your traffic is coming from, from search and, that means if I do email, the better I do an email, the worse my search share. <laughs> is, right? Which which goes back to any number of our metrics conversations. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think the way you look at it is content has three jobs. It has one of three jobs. It's either there, it, 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 it's the, it's, I, um, it's the 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 pot of gold. It, it's whatever the thing that you know the magnet. That's it's the magnet for either developing an audience, um, engaging an audience, or advancing an audience. I like um, it. Right, and and. You've got to figure out which one of those jobs that it has, right? Um, Yeah, I'd like it to do all three. and, And it oftentimes can do all three, but it's got to have a primary job. And if you think about it, what's the goal of develop? I think the goal of developing is generating a first action. And let's, let's actually use something else. I think it's generating the ability for one-to-one, right? And, and one-to-one communication means I can communicate with you and there is a feedback loop. Um, that feedback loop might be that I communicated with you and you ignored me, right? Now, now the problem with so much email is we don't have the mechanisms, or I should say email or, or any number of other communication. I don't get any feedback. Necessarily. I don't know what you did. Um, and, and by the way, I think a big mistake that gets made with email is that we view the role of email to be too much about the email. Right?
1: Interesting. There, yep. There,
0: there, there there's a string of things that, that, that could happen. But you know, by the way, for everyone that says advertising is stupid, um and you can't measure ads, you know, that's not true. Um and what I laugh at is the people who are saying you can't measure ads, but you can measure digital marketing is they actually measure digital marketing for shit because we use these direct attribution models that, that are, that are ridiculous. So, so one of the things that I try to teach is just because someone doesn't read it or doesn't click on it, doesn't mean it didn't create value. Yep. Like, like maybe the CTA that, that, you know, words, your, you know, the viewpoint document or or some tool or resource you have, maybe that, maybe no one clicks on it. Maybe no one downloads it, right? But if they see it, they see it, whether they realize it or not. And And as you learn more and more about how the human mind works, you learn that the actions that we take today were so influenced by stimuli that occurred microseconds to months before we took that action where we are totally unconscious of that right and so maybe i clicked on this piece of content that led to this download that led to this conversation that led to this right and so we say oh that content is what it was about and but this piece of content or this CTA that you never clicked on, maybe you wouldn't have clicked on that blog post if it wasn't for that. Right. It's really the only way you could do a legitimate attribution analysis of, of any of your content in digital marketing is to create, um, a control group and a separate group and, and not, you know, and basically say this, this is what we expose this group to. we, we think these things don't have any impact because they're not showing up on our attribution analysis. Right. So to the other group, they're not going to see it. Right. And so if they don't see it, does it, does it have an impact? Right. You know what I mean? And and that's what a real AB test is. A real AB test is not what did we do? You know, if we do this with this page and this, like, and I'm not saying there's no value to that, please don't, don't, but I'm saying if we really wanted to say what, you know where's the cause effect? What's contributing, et cetera? And by the way, I'm not suggesting that you should do that because. Um, oh, that, 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 that is well, an expensive endeavor.
1: It, it, that, that's a very exper- or very expensive, and it could also take months and months and months to actually well, produce any type of. Well, but, but by the way, when you're when you're talking about
0: when when, when people talk about the Amazon A/B tests and how they're they you know they're running 100 experiments every hour, stuff like that. Well, that's what they're doing, right? They're not just, you know, they're they're not just doing multivariate. They're they're actually experimenting around. This group doesn't see certain things that this group does, and 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 so if it, now my point about this is, if you look at traditional advertising, that's what traditional advertising did, and that's how yeah. they, that's how they tested, and that, they didn't measure like, you know, I, I I have somebody who I used to work with, who I mean, obviously he competes against traditional advertising, so this is part of why he, he's on this rant all the time, but he always rants about Super Bowl advertising, and he says it's ridiculous and stupid to spend any money on, on Super Bowl advertising, except that's not true. That's not to say that there aren't stupid, that, that some of the people who advertise on the Super Bowl aren't stupid for doing that, but, but if you do it right, it, it, it creates awareness, it creates image, it creates familiarity, it, it, it does all these persuasive things that 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 can lead to other actions down the road, and 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 so you know going back to going back to email, which, which is going back to content. You know, content's a long game, and and everyone's running around trying to play the short game with with yep. the digital inbound and demand generation, right? And and so in in a high demand area when the economy is super duper. You know in many ways you get you get um, rewarded for being less than smart you, you you can do that right but then you get really confident about things that that really aren't as 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 true as you think they are and so what I want to be able to do I'm a big fan of digital body language right I want to be able to to you know i want I want you and me to be engaged I want you and me to be in conversation without me having to talk to you all the time right and so I don't care how long you're on my site. I care how many times you're on my site, mm-hmm. right? I don't care how long you're on my site. I care what are you doing on my site? I care what are you, you know, what are you playing with here? What are you doing there? Hey, you, you're, you're clicking on this. You're not clicking on that. All these things come together. You're responding to this email. You're not responding to that email. All these things begin to come together that really allow us to, and, and, and this is what Patagonia does, right? I mean, yep. right. It's, it's, You know, bringing that together, and email is no different than SEO. In that email is email conflates two things, right? Email itself is a distribution method, right?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: Now, because the email has con content, it conflates email. You know, it conflates distribution and content together, whereas. You know, we don't think about that with SEO. We think about SEO as what happens on page, right? Or, or what happens, you know, behavior. And so we look at it through, through that lens. We don't go, well, did they buy anything while they were on the Google page? While, we're on the, while, while they were on the search, <laughs> right? Um, and, and so here's my question. Like I get why you need search. I get why some people need search. You know why I need search? I need to search because if I don't know you're out there and you're somebody that should be in our universe, the only way I can learn about you is through search. You've got to find me. Mm-hmm. But here's my question. You found me. You engage with me in some fashion. I now have that one-to-one ability to, to track your digital body language. You're, you're in my database and I know who you are and I know when you're here, right? You got a
1: cookie on me and yep. You got my. All that,
0: all that. Yep. All that bad stuff. Yeah, you want a cookie? You want a cookie, little boy? I'm sorry, we just went way <laughs> off, uh, way <laughs> off the rails. Um, why in the world do I want to rely on search for you again? Why? I don't get it. The only legitimate reason for you to be on search is you forgot my web address. So you typed in my name to get my web address, which means I probably need to do something so that you don't have to, so that it, right. Cause you don't, know, I don't even need to know your web address anymore to get it. I just type Yeah, Yeah. It. And I, I
1: read a, gosh, I got to go back and find it. And I'll, I'll, I'll send it over to you and maybe we can put it in the show notes. I read a super fascinating on the David Slack IPOs, but this is I don't know maybe a week ago or something, somebody did a review of their S1. Like 77% of people that convert to like paying users or not not paying users, but um, trial users are through search. But guess what they're searching? Slack. Yeah.
0: Right. And like I go to your site a number of times I'm engaged on your stuff. You know what? I, I don't, I don't show up as search. I show you know what I show up as I show up as direct traffic. Yep. And you know what everyone in, in, in my echo chamber says everyone in my echo chamber says, and I'm talking about the agency services echo chamber says direct travel, direct traffic is trash. That's the junk traffic. Well, yeah, there's a lot of junk. Yeah, there's a lot of junk there. Like I'm not, but, but wait a second. And, and it's almost like we don't want to increase our direct traffic because it's bad traffic, except for the people who are really totally engaged with you.
1: Yeah, doing research about the stuff I want to buy. And right, right. If I bookmark your site,
0: I'm direct traffic, right? I, I'm, I think if I RSS, I'm direct traffic. If I subscribe to your blog, I'm email. Right? And, and so my question is, and I, look, I'm not saying if you happen to search something and you see me and you come, that's fine. But I would think if the goal was to build that relationship, to delight, to, um, to engage... I would think that I would want you not to come via search.
1: Yeah, you want to increase, yeah, absolutely. You want to right? increase the direct traffic.
0: Which which opens up potentially a future topic for us to talk about. Maybe if your search is over a certain like, maybe if more than fifty percent of your traffic isn't, you know, is, is coming from organic, your content's actually not that good. No, I, I, I would to see
1: just, it are right. Are are coming and then they're never coming back. Right.
0: Or at least, you know, maybe they come back, but they don't realize they're coming back to you. They, you know, you've got to, yeah. right now, now here's my next question. And I, I had a really fun debate at, at, at partner day with somebody about this. You, I, you fit, I know who you are, right? Um, why do I want to wait for you to search for something that you probably don't know yet to search for, mm-hmm. right? Why do I want to wait for you to find out about? You don't. So, so again, we go back to, I have the opportunity to own you. And I don't mean own you, but, but if I can be relevant to you in your world, where you are right now, which is all about you and not about me, and I can maintain that relevance, then A, I can influence you, and B, even if I don't influence you, you can open that door up and 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 people will will you know you can open that door up, and when something happens, you're like, "Oh yeah, hey, yep, these guys that I check out. oh, I need it, you know what?" I didn't. I didn't know that I was planning to go to um, Switzerland. I need a good job. Ja- you know what? Patagonia. Right, but if the Patagonia email is all about, hey, here's our special this, and here's our this, and here's right,
1: by right? buy this, by
0: that. Then, right. then I've stopped listening. And there, I right. You know now now. And if they so, if,
1: they're, if they're if they're there's all, and we can we can talk for days about this like. Uh, Patagonia has specific things in place where they're not over-emailing people. Yeah, there are certainly people that want an email from them once a day. But then there's people like myself where they'd be better well-served sending me an email once a month. But at the same time, it, it, the, the other piece too, which is, an, is unfortunately an immeasurable uh, metric, is inbox impressions. I may see Patagonia or Rip Curl in my inbox, and I'm like, the brand is there. And I don't interact at all with the email, but it's like, it ticks in my mind, Rip Curl Patagonia, Rip Curl Patagonia. Next time I go to buy board shorts, I'm going to remember. Now, I'm not saying if they were doing it every day, then then it becomes a bit of an annoyance. Go
0: ahead. Well, well, I, I, I want to make sure we get to, to a topic I know is going to be a hot topic for you. So, um, but so, so if you're Patagonia where you've done your, you're, you're, you've created a category, you, you, you've, you've got a brand awareness. Um, what you're talking about is absolutely right. If you're imagined business development where no, no one knows who that is. Um, if we're lucky, they think we're the movie company started by Ron Howard and Brian Grazer. Um, and, and so like, if I had imagined in my email, you know, that was like, that wouldn't mean anything. And I'm, but like, here's what I know about in- inbox impressions. If I'm in your inbox, I make an impression. You may not be aware that I made an impression, but I made an impression. And so, you know, we talk about um, subject lines from, from, only the standpoint of, of opens and clicks. Yep. And, and I'm, and I'm not disagreeing that that's an important job of of the headline, but the headline also is persuasive, right? It made an impression because, because you're, you see everything in your inbox. You see every word in your inbox, right? You don't know that you see it, 99.999% 99.999% of it never will get into your conscience, but if it's connected to things that are going on, so like, if I know my persona, I know these are the issues. And, and so I have something, let's go back to sales forecasting. Right. And I'm coming in and, and I have a good topic about forecasting. You know, once again, I'm playing the long game, right? What, one of the problems with metrics and we'll get into this on another, um, on, a, on another podcast, cause I want to get to your a hot topic for you. Um, one of the problems with, with the metrics that we look at is we look at, like, we look at our website analytics, it's all by page. And if we look yeah. at our website, what we're looking at is all of our pages added up. Um, we look at our email on an email by email basis. And when we, when we do that, um, you know, when we do that further, it's, um, it's, it's, at, you know, we, we add it up right? Or we add it up and average it, which is, you know, in some cases even worse. Like, here's the thing that would be really interesting. And I, and as I've been thinking about this more and more, I, I, I'm more convinced of it. I don't give a shit what my open rate and click rate is on this email. You know what I care about? So, so we send, so we're doing about a blog a week, right? About a blog a week. And we send up yep. email goes out when we do a blog. So we do about four blogs a month. So we get four blog emails a month. And I want to know what's the opening click rate on the four emails. Not, not, and someone goes, well, Doug, you just take each email and you, you either add up the opens or you take the opens and you average it. No, 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 Cause some people open up every email. And just like if one person opens your email 10 times on this email, that's one open, or at least you, sh- it should be one.
1: open.
0: Right. Yep. Right. Um, it's one click. It's one visit to the website, it, but but that means that that every email is in and of itself, right? I I, I want to look at you know what's what's my May cohort email. What was my May cohort email performance? I'm sure there's some super duper high end tool that can do that on email, but no one does it on website, right? We can't cluster web. What and let let's say. That's the next thing I don't want to know what my may emails are. I want to know what my sales enablement focused emails are for 2000. What percentage of my audience has opened a sales enablement email, Clicked on a sales enablement email, because you're not going to open every email. You're not going to click on every email. It's not really a clear picture of your, of your penetration. Yep. Right. And so, if I have a 32% open rate on this email and a 35% open rate on that email and a 28% open rate on the next email, is it the same 28 that are opening it? Is it a different, is that actually 50% of my audience has, has opened it?
1: Right. That's much more 30, Right. Or, or is it the same 30%? That, right. Right. That, right. Okay.
0: And so, and so we're talking about email and, and you know, what made email popular, the reason email marketing became this hot thing was because you owned your audience Hell, how you used to value companies to some degree by how big was their email I mean, list. Right, right, I remember right. if you wanted to be an author, if you wanted to write a book, the first thing the publisher asked you was how big is your email list? Right. And so now people have email lists. They've got like 600,000 people in their database. And so they do what your favorite thing is. They send this, they send today's email, to 600,000 people and they go back to their boss and they say, yep, we just sent, we just sent our one-to-one communication with to 600,000 people, right? Hey boss, guess what? We've got 630,000 people, right? And the funny thing is most of the time we're we're reporting the number, it includes the unsubscribes.
1: Yeah, the unsubscribes, bounces. By the way,
0: do, do you remember, like, years ago, if someone unsubscribed, it actually took it out of your account, mm-hmm. right? Now, it, it, it keeps it in your count and it just doesn't send, right? And that's where you get yeah. the, the sent delivered, right? So, But you still get to say, hey, yep, we sent 650,000 emails. And I know you love that, right? I mean, that's what you recommend. Well, you know, well like,
1: anyway. for example, in HubSpot, they, they don't even report it. What they do is they just don't send them. They, they just take it out of the list. They well, don't even get I can't tell you how many times I have to explain to people like, well, Mike, we said we sent 50,000, the list said 50,000 people, but only 20,000 actually got delivered right? or, or actually got sent. Where's the other 30,000? And I'm like, well, those are all bounces and unsubscribes.
0: No, I'm pretty sure that, 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 that those, that that 50,000 still shows up. It's just, we didn't send it to them.
1: So it'll say in in right. non sent, right. But correct. it doesn't actually right. say correct. Right. So, so it, it treats it, it as a suppression. Right, exactly.
0: As opposed to saying, no, it's not on your list. Like if they've unsubscribed, right, if they've opted right, right. out.
1: Right, yeah, right, right. It creates them as a suppression on the back end. You're absolutely right. They're
0: not, they're not on your list, right? So yeah. I know you recommend to people that if you have a million people, if you have a million email addresses in your database, you should send every email to all million people. That is what you recommend, right?
1: Oh, 100%. Do no segmentation and just so, blast so, it out
0: so i know so tell me let's let this, this, that was the opening for your rant talk about talk about the fact that the that the million email list is not a million email list
1: it's likely significantly smaller than
0: right, well, come on brag brag a little bit you built this whole thing you're you you are telling everybody you are you're on a mission right now and i disagree with some of it that's why we're going to have some fun you're on a mission right now that say, you, you say there are active emails and there are passive emails, right? I think that's what you're calling it.
1: Yeah, there are active, passive, and just complete inactive, inactive people.
0: And you are saying uh, email your actives, don't email your inactives.
1: Well, send far less to your, to your passives or your inactives. For example, if you and I were having a conversation face-to-face, this goes back to your whole comment of, like, one-to-one engagement. If you and I were having a conversation face-to-face, and you started looking around, then you started talking to Hannah, am I going to sit there and just keep talking to you? No. I've I've, I've lost your attention. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a step back. Well, the same thing happens in email. You've you've lost my attention for one way, shape, or another. I don't know. Maybe I was researching communication tools today and for the next couple months, and then something else took over, you know, took over the priority. So I have now stopped talking to you. Well, why am I just going to keep, you know, why am I just going to keep talking to you when you're not listening?
0: Okay, so I'm going to play the other side.
1: Yep.
0: Because I'm not actually talking to you because I don't know when you want to do something. And so I don't hurt myself. And I don't, and you know, if, if you've been passive and I send today and it happens to be the right day and I get you and I hadn't sent to you, then I win. And if you don't want to read the email, then you don't read the email. So why wouldn't I email, you know, I've, I've worked hard to build these, you know, this half a million people in my list, if I don't email them, then they might as well not be in the list. And what do I tell my boss and and I don't see how I'm hurting myself.
1: So you're telling me I have a chance. Well, so you tell me I have a chance. I, I, I have a chance of winning the lottery. Every single day. But I'm not gonna bet my you, house on but I'm not right. gonna bid my house on it. But and would you, you take can, a would you take a lottery ticket that was free? Sure. So, so what, I might have, I might give, have. Who's giving me a free lottery ticket?
0: Well, but what I'm saying is if I'm sending the email anyways, and the fact that you're not engaged.
1: Well, you didn't let me finish my, my comment. Okay. I think that this will, this will maybe address your question. I'm just being the person that, that is not agreeing with you. Cause I do that. I, 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 <laughs> like I said, I'm not going to bet my house on winning the lottery. And when I refer to the house, that's my overall email program. And if I'm just consistently sending to people that are just ignoring me for whatever reason, and just, and again, I I, I use the word in all caps consistently, Mm -hmm. eventually I'm going to ruin my house. And how am I gonna ruin my house? It's my ability to reach the people that are actually actively looking to hear from me. And how so? Google and Microsoft and corporate spam systems are literally waging a war on spammers. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the professional spammers that are trying to steal your credit card information, etc. What I'm referring to is
0: so, so I'm paying attention.
1: Marketers that are sending the people that aren't engaging.
0: You're right. You're right. And so the moment I start seeing my email sender score go down, I got to be careful. But right now, I'm not seeing my email sender score go down.
1: Well, eventually you will. Especially if you're in a, in, a, in a large scale,
0: right? But but I'm watching that, and my email sender score is not going down. And so, so is the only reason to not send to inactives and passives that you're going to damage your email reputation
1: score. Well, you're also going to you're you're going to increase the probability that they're going to unsubscribe, mark you as spam. You're going to annoy them. I mean, I think annoying is, is, is probably a, no. big, is, is, is a big component of it. Like, if I buy a shirt from Nordstrom, I don't need a damn email from Nordstrom every single day. Okay. Right, I would, right. I, Nordstrom would be well better served listening to the digital body language that I'm leaving behind, that I'm not opening or clicking any of their emails, and say, instead of sending Mike an email every single day, we're going to send him an email once a month with a special or whatever it might be, and that's going to that's trigger my brain.
0: Most of our clients aren't Nordstrom. Most of our mutual clients, like, right. I hear hear you. I hear you. Okay. But um, so if you unsubscribe, what is the difference between you unsubscribing and me just not emailing you?
1: Again, I'm not advocating that you don't email I'm saying slow so, the cadence. So what? But, slow, but, what but I, it's, you, you slow the cadence to the people that are in the more uh, passive what is, slash. Inaccurate. What does that mean?
0: Just randomly? Well, if sending,
1: well no, if you're sending four emails, a, one, do better segmentation. So if you're sending, if, if, imagine business development is sending four emails a month. Don't send three of those. Or actually, don't even, in my opinion, I wouldn't even send those four. I would take one email that I'm going to send to my passive and my inactive. I'm going to create a newsletter that has the highest performing content from those other four emails. And I'm going to put that in my monthly newsletter. And that's what I'm going to send to my active and passive uh, audience. You're speechless. So,
0: so what, uh, but then what am I doing with my other three emails?
1: You're still sending those to the people that are to, 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 the people that are active in your in your email program.
0: So, let let us just say we decide that the that the proper cadence for an active audience is once a week.
1: No, no, no. It, it, I'm just saying. Let's just say. Let's okay, just say. Okay. Right, okay. An example. Right. Okay. Yep. So
0: so what you're saying is, email my actives once a week, and email my passes once a month. Yep. Change the
1: cadence.
0: What's that do for the marketer? Honest to God, the marketer in the role that's, that's involved in email. What's that do for them? It puts them in a bind.
1: It, it, it does. It, it absolutely does put them in a bind.
0: Here, here, here's, here's, here's my take. And I agree with you. I, I agree with 90% of what you said. The 10% that I disagree with is you talk about don't email. Passives and actives. That's kind of how you position it. And and by the way, HubSpot talks about it the same way. Yep. Right. They do their suppress actives. Um. And and this is where we operate in this place of of there's this binary do don't that that I think is killing this world. I think I I think the problem is like you tell me I you know we did this test we emailed the you know the passive inactive audience the open rate was 1.2%, the click rate was 0.0013%, right? And you're like it's ridiculous. And I go, "Well, but on a half a million people, that's I had 10 more clicks than I would have had otherwise." Right? And I I mean, and, and and look, I I spend I spend absolute dollars, not percentages, right? And and so what I bet my house on it um, the, the problem is on the other end, they don't see the bet. Right. And, and one of the reasons they don't see the bet is the threat of the sender score is very, very opaque. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it's, it's hard to, to see and to understand. Um, and my point would be that there's a, there's a higher probability way And I would say that now there's two things. I think email represents owned communication. And and if you own a channel that's extraordinarily valuable and for email to be predictable, you've got to have some accuracy in it. And so you can't just say that an email list is is the drive. If you use the absolute number on your list, you're not going to have accuracy in forecasting and and prediction to be able to get the right signal to make the right decisions. So you're actually, what's happening is you are less effective with your actives. It's not just that you're annoying your passives, it's that your passives are, are creating so much noise that you're not getting the right signal for your actives to be able to really dial in to, to their thing, which would increase their their propensity, right? Um, Interesting. So you're, actually, so you're harming your actives, but what's more is develop engage advance not only should you email your inactives less frequently you should email your inactives differently what should your goal be for an inactive
1: good question for me or you
0: for you, what's your what should your goal be? I have an inactive name in my dad. It, it, it,
1: it, it depends. It depends on on the business. Is no, it, I don't it, think it depends. it depends. I think it's a really the well, okay.
0: answer that applies hundred percent, hundred percent. To get,
1: to okay, to continue to develop them and, and and keep them engaged in your brand.
0: Well, they're not engaged.
1: They're to inactive. them and re- re-engage them in your brand. To get them active. Yeah. Right.
0: Now here's something that would be really interesting what if instead of emailing them as frequently as you're emailing them, what if you retargeted them? What if you Facebook added them? What if you LinkedIn, right? What if you use your content? What if you use your knowledge and you took another channel to get right? And now they, now
1: they touch again, right? Right. Cause it might be or a better channel for them. And adding to that, that's a very interesting point. Adding to that um you pull your actives out of or you you, you don't spend as correct. much correct why do why spend? Your, why spend money renting your
0: actives <laughs> how many freaking times do you see a retargeting ad from a company that you go to that you don't need to see an ad for right. every every single yes yeah, absolutely yeah, right very, very Great point good. right okay yeah. now now the other thing too is so if you do like your newsletter and here, here's what I'm going to say. Um, if you are emailing your inactives and actives, the same thing, then you're doing something wrong. So it's not just email them once out of every four times. It's, you know, they're probably like, like to my actives when I put out a newsletter, like your newsletter, which I love, you I've got a reput- you you've got a reputation with me. I know, I know I'm going to get a sense of humor. I know I'm going to get a sense of sarcasm. I know I'm going to see a couple of things. and know I'm going to get a tool. Right. And so I, I I'm engaged in that. Now, someone who is not as active as me doesn't have that. And so your that voice that you have with me that is powerful isn't as powerful with them. I would probably send them something different. I would probably you know maybe I curate a few things that are out there. maybe I you know I I try something different in, in a, but, but but so so what I'm saying so it's like we we talk about our data based segmentation. an additional segmentation is engagement and activeness, and then you develop your plays, your campaigns, or whatever that are that are activate campaigns that that, that, that are different from. Then you begin to sort out what are your real email addresses? What are you, you know, and, and, and so it's not don't email. It's email differently. Right. And it's, and it's understanding here's the value of it. And if you looked at it, cause we look at it this way on SEO, right? If I was doing SEO and they're coming to a page and I'm getting a 98% bounce rate, nobody is going to sit there and go, well, I'll just keep doing it because the 98% bounce. I mean, you know, okay, okay right. <laughs> but, but that, so in essence, that's what we're doing, right? That, you, you get what I'm saying? Because we're not, we're not,
1: an excellent point, yeah. but, and, and I'm not,
0: and I don't mean that as an insult to people, right? Like, I'm not making fun of, of that. I'm saying that we put like this different hat on instead of realizing that, that develop, engage, advance where are they? So like we, we are developing now a, a two by three grid, active, inactive. Um, so develop, engage, advance, develop has active, inactive. Right. And so yeah. if you're inactive, our job, you go back to a develop, right. And why would I be sending the same message to the person that I'm deepening an engagement with, that I'm broadening that engagement with, that I'm, right. That's a different thing, right? And then advance, like you're active. You know, you're you're in a buying cycle. You're in a consideration cycle. There's something going on, right? Like, and and so when you when you look at it and you say, okay, I've got my list of. Right, and 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 this is how many are at the develop stage. Right. Now, once, once, once I have you to develop, which means I can have that one-to-one communication and track it, now I'm working on engagement, and, and there's probably two to three degrees of engagement for most companies, right? And so now, like if we were selling, we wouldn't have the same conversation with somebody the first time we talked to them that we have the 10th time we talked to them after we talked to procurement, the VP of engineering and, and so forth, right? And so if we take that same aspect and, and the beautiful thing about email is we own that and it doesn't cost us anything, right? Search costs us because we are constantly having to tweak and control. And, and as much as people say, write for the reader, create content for the reader, put search second.
1: Everybody's doing anything. it the other way. Or most are doing it the other well,
0: way. But, but let's say you're doing yeah, it right. second. You're, right, you're yeah. That means it's still getting attention. The algorithm, I'm still, the algorithm is getting attention. The beautiful thing about email is I don't need to think about how do you look this up? And I don't need to worry about, did someone else go into SEM rush or Moz or this, and they're getting the same signal that I got. I got you. And I know that forecasting matters to you. And I know that your forecasting sucked, right? And I know I've got a better way of forecasting and I'm going to show you Right. And, and I can have that one-to-one communication, right. And I can play that long game. And, and if we start looking at it through that lens, I've become convinced. And actually, I don't know, this might actually screw us all up uh, in, in, in Like I've, I've always felt like I've been on, I, I've been towards the head of the class when it comes to email.
1: <laughs> I, I would agree
0: which is more of a statement of the class than it is a statement of me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <For
0: the record. laughs> um, I think I've been thinking about email all wrong. Expand. Well, I, all the things, like, I think that, that I think that I, we, we still look at email as a... Um, As, as a get to the website, as a, I mean, I don't even have the, the, the right words for it, but I've been talking for a while about looking at, you know, we have, look at your webpage, which, which phase of the journey is your webpage for? Now, I actually think also with this idea that I think the whole journey conversation that relates as it relates to content, I think it's ridiculous. I've always kind of felt like it was ridiculous because there's so many things that are out of your control as it relates to journey and journey isn't linear. All these things that we've talked about before, but it it's about am i am i using this because i need to develop something which is you know hey let's get you know, this is let's get it started um am i looking to engage am i looking to advance right and i think when you look at it through that lens you begin to think about like i know for me i I've, I've already begun thinking about my content differently and and where my where my um like, like I think about the homepage and what's the job of the homepage, right? The homepage is kind of a a develop page.
1: One hundred percent. Yep.
0: Right. And and so what I realized is, and I know people talk about it, but it it it's it hit me really hard on this one. Is you know what my goal on my homepage should be? I should want you. I want you off my homepage as fast as possible. Right. May, maybe we should look at our web. You know. You know. Everyone's talking about chat. How fast to chat? Right. Well, well, what about how fast are you off my homepage? Maybe we should be optimizing for lower time on page on the homepage so that you get where you want to go. I want to get where you're going to be engaged. I want to get where I can, you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, no.
1: Very interesting observation.
0: Right. And so when, when we, you know, the bottom line, I know we've gone way over time. Holy cow. This is, see, this is what happens. We get a new producer. We go crazy. We lose control. Um, it, It, this, this idea of buy versus rent. And, and I can tell you, as we'd be going to do a couple of really early things, I think most companies are going to be surprised and, and, and saddened by how little attention they actually own. We'd be going to do some analytics about who's, who is on your website. Right. and, and I'm like, oh, my God, wow. This like I'm almost embarrassed. Now, the, the upside is the numbers are smaller, like the right engagement numbers are much smaller than I thought they would be. The good news is, well, I'm, I'm doing okay when they're this small. The yeah, upside of
1: – One, it lets you know where to focus in a, in a much easier way. And, and, and,
0: and it's a hell of
1: a lot Case in point, sales forecasting when you have a deal pipeline of 50 deals, it's like, Oh, well I got this million dollar pipeline with 50 deals in it. And it's like, no, you probably have $150,000 in real pipeline yep. with five deals. Focus on the five deals.
0: And, and, and what happens too, and see, like, they, and that's like really depressing because now you're like, Oh my God, how am I going to make my number? Yeah. What, what, What's exciting about this, as much as it's depressing, what's exciting about it is, A, it's a hell of a lot easier to double a really small number than a much bigger number. Um, B, what is really interesting is now that we're beginning to, to be able to segment this, and we had to do some crazy stuff to be able to do that. Um, like I'm beginning to see much, a much cleaner signal and I'm going, oh, and it's actually impacting frequency of things that we're doing. What we're doing, it's changing our sales plays, right? Because one of the things that I learned is my, the, the traffic that comes to our site from people that have things going on with sales is really bad. Now, our sales is good, but, but what's happening is it's almost like we are leveraging our website amazingly. And the better we get to know you and the better you get to know us, the less we're leveraging our website. And so if you're a stranger, you get our best ideas all the time, right? And, and so we're now changing our, our like we're not, we're, we're, we're not sending one newsletter. We're gonna be sending about five different newsletters. Now that sounds really bad. Like, oh my God, I've just quintupled my work. Except that we're, we're kind of creating the, well, A, we're, we're, we're gonna be able to repurpose a lot of content. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got blogs 14 years old that, that are still valuable today that aren't getting any traffic. I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's promote it today because they're new today. No one's looked at it for 14 years. Right? Um, and, and and so what, what, what we're seeing is that, yeah, you know what? What happens is once you and I start talking, you have less natural feel of, yeah, I'm going to go to the website to see. Like I got, I got people who I don't talk to are like, yeah, I go to the website. What, what's Doug come up with lately, Right. But when I'm talking to you, you don't have that same feel, right? You're like, yeah, I've talked to you. You know, it was important. Doug would tell, as, as a matter of fact, I had one person tell me, yeah, I haven't gone to the website because I figured if it was important, you'd tell me. Guess what I haven't been doing? Telling him when we came up with a really important blog post. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so now what we're saying is, Hey, you know what? We've got to communicate to the people that were active, you know, differently. Right. And remind them, hey, come to the website because, you know, for, for, for all those different pieces and, and how we're going to be able to use emails and how we're going to use email to, you know, now you're a customer and, and we want to continue um, to reap in and, and now we can stimulate word of mouth. And so we're looking at, we're looking at our customer success content and we're saying, okay, so we've got these role players. Well, well let's make sure this content is, you know, VP sales oriented content. This content is CMO content. And, and then let's make it easy for you to share it with your VP of sales friends, right? Yep. Um, as opposed to one single newsletter right. whatever that, right? And so we're beginning to look at this differently. And what I'm also, I mean, I kind of always knew this for us, and, and you know, we're a very high fidelity business, is we're a small numbers business anyway, right? I mean, I, I couldn't bring on 100 new customers in the next 12 months. I, I would... I would literally die if I brought in a hundred new yep. real customers. Um, and, and, and so we can take advantage of that and we can begin to, you know, to flip that game. And as we think about it, we can own it, not rent it. Um, and, and my point is that this just, I think begins to change. Well, it doesn't change so much as it solidifies where a lot of where we've been going of what is the role content is supposed to play um how do we use it and and why it's just so damn important that that you build your playbook you build your metrics um i'll still do this for for marketing purposes i'll talk about vanity metrics and things like that because whenever i talk about vanity metrics it gets engagement it gets clicks it, it it does those things it develops Right. But I realize you know, there's no such thing as a vanity metric because every metric is a vanity metric and every metric isn't a vanity metric. It really comes down to
1: is what's the signal that you need. Yeah. What, what, what are you doing with that? What are you doing with that metric is, is, is really the,
0: and, and the scary thing is most people don't know what signal they need. They haven't defined that signal because they haven't done enough of the analysis. And if you don't know what signal you need is, do you know what that means about every one of the metrics that you're tracking? They're all vanity metrics. And on that note, because we have gone way over our plan time, we'll pick it up later. Got any last comment? Any last email tip for people?
1: Uh, the channel you own versus the channel you run. And, and
0: God, please, when you, when you do an email, put yourself in the mind in the situation of the person you're sending it to. I laugh, you know, how many times do we send an email that we would not want to get? Yeah. And if you just stop doing that, right? If you just stop doing that, you probably would double the effectiveness of your email. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Black Line Podcast. Until next time, here's to your growth.